Okay, so we're back with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. And uh, we've been gone for a few weeks. Yes, we have. So we uh, we moved Juby One Studios. Sorry if you guys missed us. Uh, we went a little bit further east and a little bit north. Yep. And we have uh, we have some new digs here that uh, are pretty nice. Yeah, really nice. Definitely an upgrade. Yeah. So since we moved Juby One Studios and we're back, we decided that we would talk about moving. Yes. Tonight. The bad and the good. Yeah, because there's both. There's, there is. There's a bright side to it, and there's definitely the sour side. Of course, you know, the connotation of moving, really nobody likes to move. No. I mean, you're talking about packing up everything you own. Right. I thought about it the other day, and in my life, I've moved 32 times. Wow. Yeah. Dang. And there's several places that I've lived for multiple years. So you kind of do the math with the rest of the time. Yeah. I mean, I do recall, you know, um, hearing at one point in time or the other that you did like finding new place to live uh, frequently. Yeah. You know, as well, you were younger. Exactly. Well, there was a lot of things, you know, and this is from, you know, I was born in Richland, Washington. And, and so my parents moving to Portland. Yeah. The different houses in Portland, then moving to Newport. Right. And then we lived in the same place in Newport, you know, basically from the time I was in the second, third grade uh, to I graduated. And then I was off on my own. Yeah. And going to college. And, you know, some of the places I lived were short time. You know, the first apartment I had with my best friend at the time, Dennis Lorimore, uh, we were only in there for three months because, you know, he had to go into oh, the wow. service. Yeah. Or he would have been drafted. I, I will, I would say, though, that. If I were to move into a place now, depending on how much stuff I have, and it sounds like it was early in your life, so you probably didn't have too much. No. But just to move into a place for three months to just pack it all up and move it back out. Well, it was, you know, it was our first place. It was both of us. It was the first time that we'd lived away from home. And that in upon itself is an amazing feeling. Yeah, it was exciting. Neither one of us were 21. Yeah. But we still managed to get our hands on, you know, some libation here and there to, yeah. to stock the fridge. I remember uh, Dennis's uh, mom came over to check the place out. We'd been there, I don't know, about two or three weeks. And we had to go out to dinner because all the dishes that we had accumulated were dirty in the sink. <laughs> and the place didn't have a dishwasher. So, yeah, and you you're know, not going to do the dishes no. right away. And- well, no, because, you know, why? Yeah. So, yeah. So it was that, but then Dennis had to go into uh, the National Guard. You know, he was able to get in the National Guard. Okay. Uh, this is back in 1970, 71. So that was to avoid the draft. Right. right. He had a low draft number, and he yeah. was he was going to be drafted. So it was a matter of of you know, okay, do I? Where are you going? Can I get in the National Guard? Yeah. That keeps you out of the jungles of Vietnam. Right. So anyway, so moving from there, and. You know, I mean, there's just been a, a lot of different places. And then once I had a family, we moved quite a bit. Yeah. And for different reasons, you know, different change in circumstances. You know, it just, you get a little bit more money, a better job, you get a nicer place. Right. And things go to hell and, sorry, Alex. And all of a sudden, you know, you have to consolidate. Yeah. And that's just kind of been my life. So, uh, yeah, there's there's just been a lot of moves. And they've been everything from funded by companies that have moved me. So I've got, you know, a five or $6,000 budget where you hire somebody to pack your stuff and load it into a truck and deliver it 
to where you're moving to. Now that's the sweet side of moving. Right to there. moving everything that I owned by myself in a Volkswagen bus oh, in least, one in one day. At least you had a, a bus and not just like a car. Yeah. That would have been you ever rough. been in a Volkswagen bus? There's not a lot of room. There's no room because the back, <laughs> you don't have the back of like a normal van because that's where the engine is. Yeah. So actually it's kind of steps up in the back and it's, you yeah. basically had this, the amount of room that you I mean, have. yeah, it's better than having a, you know, a Civic or, you know, yeah. something like that. Hyundai Tiburon or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's that, you know, moving uh, across state lines, done that uh, one two three four times okay yeah so this is only the second state that i've lived in yeah it it was it was a big move i mean when you're you're moving from uh, in that case you know your home state into a different spot i mean you kind of feel like you're cheating on them a little bit you know cheating on your home or yeah you're you're moving somewhere where maybe you don't belong and it's well yeah exactly you know you identify you're an oregonian right you know, I was an Oregonian for 46 years. I still consider myself an Oregonian. Right. Anybody that knows us knows that we've got Oregon paraphernalia everywhere exactly. from the University of Oregon. I also have on my wall a a picture that a particular artist, I don't remember his name, but it was a limited edition that he put together that's actually... A, a, it's the state outline, right? With just different... With, uh, with everything, whatever uh, particular area is known for, it's designated on the map. Like there's a salmon jumping out of like the Willamette River. Right. And different stuff like the that. The Columbia. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I've got that on the wall. You know, there's nothing Arizona in, right. our, in our house. <laughs> so, yeah, you still kind of feel that you're uh, an Oregonian. Right. You know, you're just kind of transplanted. I had to leave Oregon for a lot of reasons. It just became a place that was hard to get anywhere for me. Understandable. So That's- you just... You know, that was kind of a fun move because, you know, Heather and I packed up everything in the Penske truck, everything we owned. We towed one car, drove another. Yeah. And, you know, we moved everybody from Eugene, Oregon to Las Vegas. And we'd quit our jobs and we didn't have a place to live in Vegas. We didn't have jobs in Vegas. We didn't have anything. Really? Yeah. No, we had... I I was in... uh... Uh, had the understanding you had a, a job down there and that no. was part of the move. No, no, there was, there was no job. There was a job moving from Las Vegas to Phoenix. To Phoenix, but. Yeah, yeah that okay. was one of the moves where the company actually gave me, you know, $5,000 to move. Now, what drew you to Vegas? Because, I mean, there could have been plenty of places that you could have picked up, gone to, and uh, why Vegas? Well, the the biggest draw for me in Vegas was they just leave you alone in Vegas. I felt so stifled living in Eugene. If, you, if you're out after 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night and, and you're leaving someplace, maybe watching a ball game or yeah. something and you've had a couple beers, they're going to pull you over. Right. And I, I just felt like just stifled. And so by, oh, when you say they, you mean the man. The man. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. The man. Okay. And the other thing was there's no work. There's no business. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd run large companies. But the, I mean, but there's work in California. Oh, right. You know, there's work obviously in Phoenix. So. Right. No, but but Vegas is Vegas, man. Yeah. No, it's. I'd, and Heather and I had actually gone down on a vacation and we'd gone down and we came down and stayed at Circus Circus and 
and you know went to see a you know a show and and did so certain things and did that play into it at all oh, was yeah. that like okay now we can go and have almost like a permanent vacation spot where we're going to live for a little while well that definitely was part of it yeah but the other thing was the economy in Vegas you know you talk about California well California is incredibly expensive yeah and it was relatively cheap to live in Vegas okay uh, the place was growing like crazy. You know, this is in still growing. This is ninety seven. Yeah, it just it, it seemed like the actual opposite end of the world from Eugene, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. And so, yeah, we hit town and we pulled into Arizona Charlie's. Okay, uh, got a room. We actually took our time coming down. We we went down, you know, I five up through Lake Tahoe, Sacramento, went east up through Lake Tahoe, and and cut down to Vegas. But we spent three days trying to find a place to live, which we found, a, you know, the murder condo. Right. Yeah. Which was tiny. And, and for those who don't know, why is it called the, the murder condo? The murder condo? Because the people that were renting it before us uh, was a couple. And her ex-boyfriend, I believe, uh, broke in and murdered her and her, her boyfriend in the condo. So when we moved in, when they do a crime scene cleanup. Yeah. If there's blood splatter on the carpet, they just cut out that piece of carpet. And so there was a wingback chair, uh, which had the one of the wings, all the fabric cut off of that. And there were scrapes of the popcorn ceiling that were, they had scraped it off. Yeah. You know, and, and it was smooth. So it was obviously a crime scene. Yeah. No, that's... And, uh, and, yeah. But we were able to get it real cheap. Yeah. I mean, if you can get past that, which... Yeah. Why huh. not? We sat around a few nights with all the lights off, with candles burning, seeing if we could, you know, bring back the, you know, the spirits. Yeah, to see, you know, tell us your side. You know, what exactly happened here? Exactly. It never worked. (laughs) But, yeah, that got us, you know, we got, we were able to get in there within a few days. Uh, Heather got a job right away as a legal secretary. Um, I got a job actually hammering nails again, putting on a tool belt and, you know. Geez, building things. Yeah, working construction because there was so much construction going on in Vegas at the time. Yeah. I mean, you just, all you had to do is show somebody you knew how to hold a hammer and you had a job. Yeah. So, yeah. And we just kind of made it work there. And I eventually went to work for UTI, a contract locate company, and they moved us to Tempe. Yeah. And, you know, we lived there for 11 years. So, yeah, the, the, uh, the 32 times or 33 times, whatever it is in, in 65 years, right. that's with staying at, you know, a couple places for over, for over know, 10 years, for over 10 years. So that gives you an idea. Yeah, no, there was, there must've been uh, quite a few years there where it was, uh, your, your moving expenses must've been, uh, high. Yeah. Well, that's the, you know, some of them, you know, again, you know, some of the times, just like when you moved down yeah. and when you, when you decided you know, you called me up and said, hey, listen, okay, I'm giving up. I'm coming down with you guys. Yeah. Because, you know, Zach's down here. Jocelyn's down here. Marie's down here. Carrie's down here. Pretty much I, the whole family. I needed, I, I was the last one to migrate south. Yeah. And uh, I needed some unconditional love. So it was like, yeah, come up and uh, I need some help with my car. Yeah. And uh, help driving and, and that kind of stuff. So everything you owned was in the uh, Tiburon, which is not a big car. And I want to note, no questions asked. He was up there in like 24 hours. Oh, yeah. I Yeah. I, as soon as you said that, I got a plane ticket and, and I was there. Yeah. No, absolutely. But we did. 
We stuffed everything that I owned into a Hyundai Tiburon 2006, which, I mean, you could put down the back seats, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, there's still not a lot of space, but <laughs> it, uh, it, we were able no, to absolutely. There's no there. space. I, you know, I had to get rid of a lot of things. Every piece of furniture that I had, yeah. um, basically gave it away. I had a, like a memory foam topper pad, one of those like two, three inch ones. Man, I love that thing. No, had to get rid of that. But yeah, I mean, I remember it was one of those things where you just try to look around the car to see where the gaps were and just start stuffing T-shirts in. Oh, yeah. And like shorts. Oh, nothing moved. I mean, I mean once I got up there and I, I sat down and, and and just so everybody knows, I mean, the Tiburon is, is a sports car. It's very low. Two I remember. Yeah. yeah, I remember driving it for the first time uh, and we're going down the freeway and I think it was like a Honda Civic went by me and I'm looking up at them. As they go by, and I'm like, "Oh my God, we're we're sitting on the ground." Here. Yeah, no, you're dragging dragging your feet for sure. Yeah, so Fred Flintstone in it. Yeah, just really small, and then of course the snowboard in the shoulder. Yeah, was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, that snowboard didn't fit because it kind of came between the two seats, and I had to try to work make it work. Yeah, but we got it down here. But see, that's the thing about moving is that there are sacrifices for moving. Sometimes it's exciting. You're moving into a new place that you you know you really enjoy and that's kind of the case this last move for us from where we were moving into here this is so much nicer and it's bigger yeah so now you have space for things you know the the move from the lake house to the condo you know you got a 2500 square foot four bedroom two bath house with a two-car garage and you know pool jacuzzi lake more space than you know what to do with Everything, yeah, we had a toast drawer, you know, so your, your toaster bread and your butter and, you know, your butter knife and all this stuff, that, that's all that was in that drawer right? in, yeah, the, in no. the kitchen. That's absolutely ridiculous. And two, an 850 square foot, two bedroom, two bath condo with no garage or yeah. anything. No storage. Oh, yeah. And like you're talking about, you know, you give everything away. Yep. So there's, there's that part of moving, you know, and then just the physical part of picking up every single thing that you own. Yeah. Every box, every cleaning out everything. Oh, it's, it's exhausting when you're young. Yeah. 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 You know, and I don't recommend it for anybody that's older, you know, and when I get older, I'll tell you how it works if it really gets bad. But even at this point in my life, it's, it's a chore. Absolutely. And I, you know, I mean, there's other factors that play into that as well. Um, whether you're in a house, one story, or are you going upstairs? Are you oh. on the second, oh. third story? Yeah. You know, of course, a lot of people avoid that for that exact reason. Yeah. I'm um, surprised that the third story doesn't rent for like half of what the ground right. floor does. They, they could easily do that. You would think. No, I've done that one. once. I, I've lived on the third floor once. And that happened to be the time that I moved in a day. I moved everything that we owned by myself in the Volkswagen. And it's similar to where you're at, where it had that kind of, you know, half flight stairs. And then yeah, it turns, and, turns goes, and goes back down, yeah. you know, so the switchback type of stairways going up. Oh, those are the worst. And trying to carry things, anything of any size down that by yourself. By yourself? Yeah. No way. It was, yeah, well. It must have been fun. Had to do it. Right. You know, and that here comes the other piece of moving. I've also had experiences where you end up with 20 guys showing up to help you move. Everybody picks up one thing. 
and we're done. And then you have Heavenly. those kinds of experiences where that particular day, everyone was busy. The thirtieth of the month, yeah, everybody's busy. Either that, or like your son broke his finger, or you know whatever it is. Well, there's all kinds of excuses that they use. Yeah, <laughs> people will go to great lengths to to get out of helping move someone else. Worth it. Now, this last time we were lucky. We had uh, you know a couple really good friends that really showed strong up. guys. Yeah, Muscles McCarty. Yeah. And as uh, ease of being well known as Yeah. And Joey Soundboard would you know, they showed up and and you know, they muscled the refrigerator and Shim Havarti. And uh you know, some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh which really helped, really made a big difference. I'm really glad that they did end up showing up. And I mean it's it is really huge when you're able to get the friends to come by and it says a lot. I mean, really truly those are your true friends. Because again, we you know, as we we're just talking about no one likes doing it. No. And it, especially it's if it's not your move, because like you said, moving into a new place, whether, you know, it's new, bigger, nicer, whatever, it could be that, or it is whatever, but it's new and it's exciting for you. Yeah. But someone else coming and it's doing that. It's not exciting for no, them. No, <laughs> I'm moving this and I'm going back to my same spot, you yeah. know, that I have. Um, that's no, why it you takes, entice it takes, them with the beer and the, and well, the, yeah. and the pizza and whatever else. The uh, it takes a special friend, yeah, you know, and that's that's part of the fun of it, you know, and and, and being able to do that, being able to help. Uh, I have one memory of helping a friend, Robert Castaneda, who is uh, known as Bobo. He's a good friend, yeah, and he was living in Cheshire, which is outside of Eugene. Okay, and he was moving to Springfield, and his wife had just left him with two small boys, and where he was living was really out in the country, and it was a trailer. Uh, a mobile home on the property uh, away from the big house. And so there was kind of a small windy road that went back into where this trailer was. And Bobo had, had asked, you know, can you guys come and help? And I said, sure. And at that time I was working at Oregon Yurt Works, So I had about four or five guys who were working for me. And I said, well, I'll just, you know, well, I'll show up. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you a hand, you know? So we all drove out there and this is, you know, this is 15, 18 miles outside of town. That's a drive. Uh, outside of Eugene. And then Springfield's on the other side of Eugene. Right. So we showed up and he had rented a truck, you know, big U-Haul truck. Okay. And so I kept telling him, I said, listen, you know, we'll come and help you. Just make sure that everything's boxed up, man. And we'll just, I'll have enough guys. We can just load this stuff up and we're going to be good. It's not a problem. So I showed up and the truck is parked down on the highway. And so, you know, we drive the car back up there and Bob was like, yeah, I couldn't get the truck up here. I'm like, why? He goes, I, I'm just not good at driving, driving a big truck. <laughs> and I said, okay. So I get in the truck and I back it up this windy dirt, kind of half gravel, mostly dirt road up around the corner and pull it right up to the deck, you know, on the side of this mobile home. So we're set. Cool. Get out. We go walking in. Not a single thing was packed. No. The only thing that was, <laughs> the only thing that he had done is there was a full bottle of tequila. Oh man. He drank half of it. Well, no, it's it's a full bottle of tequila okay, just okay. sitting there and a bag of weed yeah, and a, a bong. Yeah. And everything in the kitchen was still in the cupboards. Everything in his bedroom was still, I mean, he had done absolutely nothing. There were still all of his ex-wife or whatever, the, the woman that left him, all of her stuff around the bathtub, you know, so all of her little lotions yeah, and, and, and soaps, soaps and, and, whatever. and all that kind of stuff is still around there. Wow. This was this was like at you know seven thirty in the morning, 
And I got the guys to hang out for a few hours. We loaded that thing up, took it to Springfield, went back. I think we finally finished up the last little bit of stuff because he had some sheds with a lot of wood, you know, very expensive, some oaks and some birch and really nice wood that uh, he had found at the door manufacturer that he worked at. Okay. So he's like, oh, I want to take all this stuff. And I'm like, and this is, now it's dark. Yeah. And it's 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, so he's like holding the flashlight saying, well, grab that. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, now at this point, now the the bag of weed was taken care of by the guys that I took out there because I don't partake in that. Right. But the bottle of tequila is gone and a couple cases of beer are gone. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done. And I said, you need to decide right now what's really important to you in the next 10 minutes because <laughs> at that point I'm leaving. Yeah, that's it. But that experience, you know, but for, uh, once again, for him, it wasn't just, you know, the trauma of having to move, but it was the trauma of, of his, his family kind of breaking up, his wife leaving him. And, you know, he's down in the dumps. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it, everything has gone to hell for him. In retrospect, you know, that was a, a bizarre day, but I take great pride in that day because it, it made it happen for him because he had to leave that trailer. Yeah. He had to get out. No, that's huge. And I mean, that's, you know, a, a story where you really see kind of maybe a darker side of, of moving. And, you know, as far as maybe a, the reason why you're moving and why you're having to do that, um, definitely a bummer. So, I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why you move. Hopefully it's, you know, for good reasons, but not always. Right. And, you know, and that's the interesting thing. There's a lot of people that, that never move. Yeah. They stay in the same house for forever. And there's a part of that that's just really cool. And we were over at John and Diane Casper's last night. Yeah. And, you know, their backyard that they've worked on over the years is just gorgeous. Yeah. You know, and they've done so much work and they've done it all themselves. You know, they didn't bring somebody in to, to do this. They've done all the brickwork and all the electrical and, you know, and all the, you know, the plumbing of the, the sprinkler systems and all that kind of stuff themselves. And they take great pride in that as they should. Absolutely. But that's you know, that's just year in and year out, you know, and that's where you live and the kids go back. You know, we talk about, you know, with you guys, with my kids, you know, it's the yellow house or the cul-de-sac house or the duplex or, you know, it's just (laughs) because there's places, there's not that house that you can walk into that you were young. Right. And and you've grown up in Newport, you know, and right. You You know, was in the same house growing up that house. Yeah. You know, another, uh, person that I would say is very similar situation than, than the Caspers is uh, um, Trevor the Red, his mom, Trisha. She's lived in the same house since I've known them. 20 plus years, you know, that I've known them, it's, she's been there and probably well before that. But I mean, they've done so many upgrades, whether it's putting a huge deck in the back to building a studio in their backyard, you know, and she does so much gardening and it's just really cool to see the development of the house when someone stays there for so long and how they will upgrade it or they'll, you know, take care of it and, and put that kind of care and love into a house. It's, it's definitely something to. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, for a lot of people that that's really cool and, yeah. and that's what they want to do. I just never had the patience. Yeah. I never wanted to be stuck somewhere. And, I, and, and that's an interesting way that I put it. Right. Is cause I felt it was being stuck somewhere. You know, when I was young, I didn't want to buy a house. Yeah. You know, I, did, I didn't want to buy something. You know, my best friend at the time, Mike Applington, bought a house. 
and his parents helped him get into it, you know, and it's right by the park. And we used to hang out all the time. And it was a little two bedroom house with a one car garage, you know, and he was a homeowner. Yeah. And that's great. And then as their family grew, all I can remember is he couldn't sell it. Yeah. You know, he just, he couldn't get out of it. So he couldn't go anywhere. You know, he couldn't get enough money from it to, you know, to move out and move to get a bigger place. Else. And and that's my recollection. You know, his is probably different. Yeah. But that was my recollection. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I you know, I want to be able to move to California. Yeah. You know, which I did in, you know, the mid seventies. And I, and then I can come back. You know, I look at it now. No, I don't have that, you know, $450,000 house that I can sell and, you know, have that, have, a small have fortune. that, have that be my retirement. Yeah. But kind of my whole thing with, with the, having the ability to move. Cause the other piece of that moving is the excitement of being somewhere new. Yeah. Regardless of whether it's a bigger place or, you know, sometimes smaller, uh, it is, it's something fresh, new. I mean, even I am, uh, not obsessed, but I really do enjoy just reorganizing and rearranging a room to make it feel new, make it feel fresh. And I think that's really important. At least it is to me because after a while I feel stagnant and it just feels, I don't know, it just feels good to, to have something that you're on, you're not used to looking at or, or being in. Right. Exactly. You know, the excitement we had coming into this place, but also when you move into a new area, you know, and you're checking out where the stores are, Right, you know, and you're, and you're checking around, you know, what are the restaurants around? You know, is there a cool bar to go watch a game at? Yep. You know, it's, it's just, we found a sandwich shop today that's, you know, three miles from here. It's so good, you know, but we're sitting there on Yelp, you know, going through looking and I see this place. Oh, this looks really good. Really, very interesting. You know, so I buzzed down and it, it was awesome. Nice. It was great food. Oh. So that, that exploration, which is always, I've enjoyed, I've liked that. Yeah. You know, just driving around and seeing, okay, what's, what's close to you? You know, what do you want to do? What, you know, what places are out there? No, that's huge. Um, convenience of your spot of living is a big, big thing for me. And it's something that I definitely look into when it comes to moving into someplace, you know, I look at the necessities of what I need and what's around now. It's not a make or break it thing for, for the most part, but, um, it'll influence some decisions. That's for sure. But, uh, I would say that, you know, with that, there's definitely, um, there's one more factor, you know, a lot of it, you know, pertains to Arizona, but it could be anywhere. But, um, another factor that into moving is weather, Yeah, you know, and that's something that, uh, yesterday I was talking to someone at, at the pool at our apartment complex and we were talking about moving and, they had mentioned, because we actually saw someone that was moving out, it was fairly warm out, uh, but they had talked to someone recently and said that they were, their lease was up in a couple of months, and that's when they were planning on moving out. In a couple of months, it's going to be 155 degrees outside. Oh, yeah, in the shade. Yeah, and so, you know, it's it's so terrible, and it would just be hell. Yeah. Sorry, Zach. Sorry, sorry, Alex. No, Zach's okay Zach. with it, but whatever. Alex has has a problem with the language, but yeah. But exactly, you know. Yeah, you have to think about that. Yeah. You know, you have to think about, especially down here. You know, one of the things, one of the reasons I had to leave Oregon is the rain, right, and the gloom. Yeah. I just was done with it. I you just you go months without seeing the sun, 
And of course you come down here. Now you talk to people that live down here that have grown up down here and they're like, Oh, I, I want to go someplace where it rains. Yeah. And like people yeah. get so excited about the rain here. Yeah. And so do I, I love it when it rains down here. I hate it. Oh, okay. And you want to know why it's because of the smell. It smells like dirt. It smells like dirt, but it creates a dirt smell. Okay. Correct. Yes. It, it, <laughs> the the fact the fact that it correct made, correct. Oh, correct. I thought maybe, maybe the car wreck. The <laughs> car wreck. No, correct. It, it does make it smell like dirt. It yeah. kicks up dirt into the air as it's hitting the ground, and it makes it smell like dirt. Where, as opposed to in Oregon, you know, it hitting all the green and and trees and everything, you get more of that. Yeah. Different smell. But, well, exactly. It is different. You know, that was, you know, you mentioned, you know, why, why Vegas? Uh, a lot of it was economic, but a lot of it was the fact that the sun shines. Yeah. Nothing's going to stop you from being outside. You know, feeling the warmth of the sun is different than sitting in a room, you know, with a wood stove and it being warm. Right. Artificial heat is different than the, the heat from the sun. And I don't think that I really understood that until I lived down here. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, climate, you know, moving for jobs. Yeah. You know, Zach just went through a situation where he took a job in, in Santa Monica, California. Yeah. Leaving Flagstaff. And it was an advancement. And he was excited about it. And he actually had a good living situation. And, you know, close to work. And he was able to ride his bike and do things. But it was just living in California was different. Yeah. And he wanted to come back. And so now he's back in Flagstaff. Uh, you know, there are different people, you know, some people, when I moved away from, from Oregon to Southern California, I moved to Santa Ana, California for a little over a year. And I'm like, I can't do this. There's just too many people. Was it, was it the amount of people? Was it the, the culture of just kind of how things were around that? Cause I, I find that to be something that I've noticed. I noticed it coming from Oregon down to Arizona. Now it's, you know, bigger town down here. Um, it's just a different different culture that, you know, the different interactions with the people you don't know, you know, different attitude between people. I, that factors into me as far as just the comfortability of being in a place. Yeah. So that was something that I think that Zach also had somewhat of an issue with being in California was the culture of how everything kind of ran over there, how people were that kind of thing. Yeah. I didn't find that as much. It was more about the number of people. It was more about the idea. And again, this is back in 77, 78, and it's not nearly as many people there as there is now. But the situation that I had was just that there were so many people. And, you know, because of that, everything, everybody's hurrying because wherever you go, whether it's the grocery store or whether it's the gas station or whether there's going to be a line. So everybody's thinking in terms of, you know, if I get ahead of this guy and this guy and this guy, I'm that much closer to the front of the line. By the end of the day, I'm going to save myself 10 minutes. Yeah. And it just, I I felt like there was no place I could go to get away from people. Yeah. And in Oregon, that was totally different. You know, I could take my motorcycle or I could take a, a car or the Jeep or something and go up in the woods and spend the day and not see anybody and not talk to anybody and, and find little places where there's a stream or there's a little lake or a meadow or something. And there was no one around. I was the only one that was enjoying that. You know, and it's, yes, you can go outside of the town. I mean, I remember being in Portland and just driving through a neighborhood and 
you know, there would be little streams or, or foresty areas within that neighborhood where maybe you'll see someone jog through it every once in a while. But yeah, you can just kind of break off and be in your own world. And that's something that I definitely miss being down here in Arizona. You know, you can go out into the dunes and, you know, or up in the Well, that's the, the interesting but. thing. As opposed to Southern California, I get a totally different feel in Arizona than I did in California. Yeah. You know, I feel like that if I wanted to tomorrow, I could I could take my truck and I could go find some place where there's no one. Yeah. Now, it's a little bit different on a weekend, you know, so you, you, you are fighting more people. But there's enough diverse areas in, in different directions that kind of disperse the people that are interested in being outdoors. Especially these days. I mean, it, you know, we were talking about Vegas and the expansion there, since, you know, when you were moving there or living there. Um, but, man, the expansion here in Arizona and, oh, yeah. and, and how it is continuing to expand even out here on Gilbert Road, kind of in the Mesa Gilbert area. And how much that's developing and becoming more of a popular area. You know, even when I first moved here four or five years ago, it just seemed like this was kind of a scarce, scarce right. area. No, it's it definitely is 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 moving out uh in all different directions because all you have is deserts, you know. So you just you bulldoze yeah, more deserts and, and build more houses. Right. Wanting to move is one thing, having to move is another. Yeah. You know, I've had both of those situations. Totally. You know, moving in a positive way into a bigger house or a nicer place is fun and low pressure going the other direction is frustrating right and difficult so yeah it's just it's an a, a very interesting topic because there are just so many different ways of looking at it there's so many different experiences right you know i've known people that you know have moved out of houses that they've been in for 25 years you know then you start finding and this is what i found when you know, we moved out of the lake house, there are things that, that had been in totes or, you know, boxed up for years. Yeah. Then you start looking at stuff and it's like, why do I have this? <laughs> why did I save it? Yeah. I've, I've got this for a reason and I'm a pack rat anyway. You yeah. know, I, I save things cause I'm going to need this certain screw or this certain cord or, you or different things. You are not that bad. No, no, not. Yeah. Compared to the hoarders and, and some of the well, ridiculous yeah, stories I mean, you've seen. But I tried to keep things that I thought may have use somewhere down the road, not that I know I'll have a specific use for this at a specific time. But I, I within that, you are reasonable with, with what you feel you're going to use. It's actually yeah. something that you might use. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a specific time that I knew I was going to be using it, but there was a good chance that I may have right. a use for this. But then you start looking and I've, you know, I've had this for five or six years and I've never used it. So what are the chances that I'm going to, yeah. Now you start looking at something. Now I don't have space to put it. Right. You know, and then part of moving and especially the downsizing part of moving brings in another aspect and that's the storage unit. Ooh. And you want to talk about throwing money away, packing things up in there for things to sit in it. You know, and the, I think the only decent reason for a storage unit is if you're moving like muscles, McCarty, you know, they're moving. Yeah. And so, you know, they've did a lot of work in their house and they just sold it. So now they're moving, you know, to another place with some property. Okay. Well, maybe there's a little bit of time lag between, you know, being able to get in the new house or the old house. So you need a storage unit for a few weeks or a month. Yeah. So you pack a bunch of stuff away. And then as you gain access to your new place, 
You know, I've known people that have built homes. Yeah. You know, so, okay, I've got two months before I can get into the new house. So that, okay, there's that storage unit need. As far as, as far as moving goes, I think that that is probably you know, the best way you would go about it. I think there's other reasons probably why people have well, storage yeah. units. But well, yeah, if you have a business. Businesses and stuff you know, like that. Y- and- yeah, you can stock inventory there. I've watched enough storage wars to know that there's people throwing expensive okay. things in there and, and like, uh, you know, walking keep, away from them. Yeah, exactly. Well, I found my one storage experience. It, I had stuff in there for four years. Yeah. And I never, I couldn't even get to most of it oh, because yeah, I had no, a smaller deal and I had it all packed in there. Right. Up to the top. And so it's like, God, that's just, I've got to get out of there. You know, if I haven't used this stuff or have a need for it, if it isn't in my immediate plans, I got to get rid of this thing. Yeah, because it's especially you know, if it, it's costing you money. Every well, yeah, it's month. seventy bucks a month. It's a small one. Yeah, you know, it's but it's cheap. seventy dollars a month just to house your stuff. Now, the one of the funniest routines I've ever heard, uh, George Carlin did a, a routine. You probably don't even know who George Carlin. I is. absolutely know who George Carlin. Is. Okay, well, George Carlin had a a routine that he did years and years ago. And if Joy Soundboard was here, I would have him queued up right with playing this but he's not tonight he's you know it's mother's day so he's busy and whipped and stuff like that but anyway but this routine was about stuff and just accumulating stuff and then you got to get stuff for your stuff and then you got to get a bigger house because you got to put your stuff in there but now you've got a bigger house you need more stuff so he did this whole thing about stuff and how stuff multiplies and you know, what's the purpose? Do you really need all this stuff? Well, yeah. no, it's stuff. Yeah. And then once you've got something, everybody likes buying stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, Anything so you is. go and buy new stuff. And and now what do you do with your old stuff? You know? And so he, yeah, it was very funny. Yeah. It was very yeah. good. I don't do it justice. But anyway. I'll look uh, it up. Yeah. It's got to be on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. But that's true. You know, it, it's that kind of thing that, you know, you start looking around. And the other funny thing I've found in all the times that I've moved is that when you first move into a place, now you'd already mentioned that you like moving things around. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, with me, you put something in a place, and that's where it lives. Now, I will say that in my houses, I I've haven't had a lot of things that went together, or um, even just like the perfect amount of s- stuff or items for that room or for that area. Okay. And so, so you had a stuff deficiency. Yes, deficiency, or, or in some cases, just too much stuff. So, and uh, so it, it just stuff didn't, surplus. Yeah. So it didn't okay. feel comfortable. So you and had stuff so, issues. Yeah, basically, it was a George Carlin thing. I'm yeah. sure he talked about it. I'm going to stay with this, by the way, through that. <laughs> but you know, when you have those, when it doesn't feel comfortable or it doesn't feel right, or you want to change it. I think that's another reason probably why I was trying to find the perfect, you know, setup for everything. And, and I will say something about, you know, all of, all of your houses and all of the places you've lived, it seems very well thought out and everything seems to be in the perfect place. And I just, I do have, I do have a knack. There's no reason to move anything. It it all makes sense. And that's uh, something I could learn. It's funny. Years ago, uh, when I first got out of college, my first job was selling furniture. Okay. And out of a clearance center. So Rubenstein's was a high-end furniture place in Salem. And so they had a clearance center. So they would, in the main stores, they would have displays set up. So there would be rugs and 
tables and lamps and pictures and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, as, a as mock living room. Exactly. Room. Like like the high-end furniture stores do. The clearance center didn't do that, except for a couple little areas in the back that we had. And I was very good at setting stuff up okay. and pulling this chair and putting it with this and putting it with these tables and that kind of stuff. And I actually became kind of the go-to person if somebody came in and wanted interior design Setting help. up the models and stuff like that. Yeah, you know. And I've always kind of had that knack of, you know, where to hang the right picture, where to put this. A balance. Yeah, you know, and, and it's funny because when we moved in here and, and Heather and I were going around and hanging our pictures and, and different things, and I was just talking about the fact that, you know, an inch makes a big difference. Totally. If a, if a picture's hung an inch too high, it looks like it's too high. If it's too low, it... it throws it, off the balance of the room. And it so, the, and I've never been the person that... The that feng shui. Had, that, well, it takes a, a chalk line, you know, yeah. or, or a laser. The laser ones. To make it. sure that the top of every picture is exactly the same. I think that that's wrong. I like them when they kind of move around because the pictures aren't exactly the same size. And I'm getting way too deep into this, and I apologize. So, <laughs> but yeah... You know, putting things in the right place where it's comfortable. Totally. But I just, you know, to me, there were times where something got stuck in a certain place. You put something in a cabinet or whatever, and until you moved, that stayed in that cabinet. You know, yeah. that's where always, that's where the dishes always were. You never move the glasses over and move the plates over, you know, and, and yeah, it just, it's always seemed odd. Now you don't, you know, you don't strike me as a guy and definitely looking around, it's, it's not that way, but some people will take a month, the first month of living in a place to actually unpack everything. Yeah. And get things up on the wall, you know. They, oh, this <laughs> is the slowest we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> I still have things that I haven't hung up yet. Well, yeah, but it's majority of the way, you know, there. Everything, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's still there. I'm talking about, you know, stuff would still be in boxes in your dining room and no pictures up on the wall yet. Yeah. No, um, it's, we've given it some thought here. Also with the shelving units, I love... I love placing things. Yeah. On shelves. Okay. I Organizing. Love, I, well, no, just placing things, putting things that maybe normally are hung up. Yeah. Put them on a shelf at an angle so they lean up against it. I've had clocks that I've, you know, the wall clocks that I've put different places. Yeah. I'm just a rebel that way. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just crazy. You are crazy. So anyway, okay. So we've moved UB1 Studios. And, yes. And we've talked about moving. Uh, probably more than you would have liked, but hey, we did it anyway because that's what we wanted to do, and this exactly. is the Juby take. It is our take. Now, what we want to do right now is we're going to kind of hit some things because we haven't been on the air for three weeks. That's a lot. And I know happened. there's you know there's some you know suicide watch lines that have you know that's been lit up. You know where's the Juby take? They get a lot of calls. We've been getting some mail, some hate mail. You know, it's like where are you guys? Yeah. You know, I can't go on if I don't have your episode each week. And we're sympathetic to that. Totally. A little bit. Yeah. Well, we really don't care. But uh, so now where we are is uh, we're going to uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that have happened in the last three weeks, some of the things that we haven't touched on. And of course, we're going sports. Yeah, of course. Anyone who knows us knew that's where it was. Going. Yeah. You know, we got to talk the Blazer season, which was a decent season, abruptly ended in a horrible, horrible fashion. Absolutely. We got swept in the first round of the playoffs by the. New Orleans Pelicans. Right. You know, we're the three seed. They're the six. We're, you know, we have the first two games at we home. Got home court advantage. Yeah. And we didn't even come close to winning a game. I, not even a little bit. And our star, Damian Lillard, just was totally taken out of his element. 
It's they had the perfect game plan against us. They and, did. And really they had the perfect team against us. If you look at a lot of the factors of why it was that we were swept. Um, I, you know, it's funny, even some would say, you know, they didn't have one of their star players. The Pelicans didn't in DeMarcus cousins, right. You know, who was out for most of the year, you know, but not having him in there and not having that traditional center and having Anthony Davis in at the five, it, it threw off Nurkic couldn't do anything, you know, our center. And that makes it hard for, you know, there's another dimension of our game that was taken away. And when I think that that was what really the Pelicans did well was they took away a lot of the dimensions, made us a, a very simplified team and what we could do. And it made us them easy, it made us easy to guard. Well, it just showed how flawed the Blazers are and, and how they are not in any way a playoff contender because it is too easy to take them out of their game. It's one dimensional. Yeah. If you take the guards out, then that's kind of it. There's nobody else is going to step up and score 35 points. Nobody else is going to create a, a mismatch or provide dominance on, on the court if you take the guards out. Yeah. And that's just what teams were, you know, that's what you do because now you're playing in a, you know, a seven game series. You're playing the same team over and over again. And you've got to be able to adjust. You've got to be able to have some diversity or you better be so good at what you do, nobody can stop it. Right. As in LeBron James. Yep. But, that's not the case with the Blazers. And so it it's a horrible end. It looks like the Blazers are going to just kind of stand pat and hope that they're better next year. Yeah. But it just means that you're watching a season where who cares? Because once they get to the playoffs. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of wiggle room with the Blazers with what we're going to go into. We have some free agents. I think five free agents this next uh, year that we're going to have to figure out what we're doing with them. But yeah, yeah for the most part, there's we're not going to sign a big free agent. Not that we ever have. But. No, no, it's not. doesn't seem to be a destination that the big free agents want to go to. Yeah. So, so that's happening. Yeah, that kind of happened. The uh, Oregon Ducks football. Yeah, had their spring game. Had the, the end of the spring practice and their spring game. You know, we're ex- excited about the football season this year. Yes. You know, because of the the Ducks and the 49ers. But, you know, as we kind of talked off mic, uh, we talked about the fact that, you know, okay, the Ducks, this is a first-year head coach again, even though he was with the program last year. Exactly. And so there's a lot of things that we're going to have to wait and see. They have a great quarterback, which is kind of the key for any football team. Right. They definitely have some quality players. I don't think they have the depth at certain positions that we're going to need down the road. Yeah. Uh, I believe that Cristobal and... And that staff are incredible recruiters. Yeah, they definitely. Um, One of the best schools for that in the nation, I, I would say, with just how many of the coaches have been considered elite recruiters. Yeah. And, of course, you, you end up with the same problem because the, the Oregon has always had is the fact that from the, the centers of, of high school, where the most recruits are, it's not the state of Oregon. Right. You know, so you get a lot of kids from California. Well, that's not too far to go. But Oregon in recent years has gone to the East Coast, to Georgia, to North Carolina, to Florida, to Texas, a lot of these hotbeds, and are able to pull players. Well, you take a chance every time you do that. Yeah. We have an example right now where a kid that's a freshman for this incoming class, he graduated early and showed up for spring ball in Elliott and got homesick. Jalen Hall. 
No, no, no. Oh. Elliot, the running back. Oh, that's right. Okay, Jamal Elliot. Yeah. And so, you know, here's a kid that he's from North Carolina. He ends up here and he realizes that, gosh, there's a bunch of guys here that are running backs that are pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, but he's here for three weeks. He's here for a month. And all of a sudden now he's like, no, I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm transferring out. I'm transferring out. He's going to go back closer to home. So you, you have that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you're still talking about kids. You're talking about 17, 18 year old kids. It's definitely a risk when you're recruiting across the nation. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, are they willing to, to stick it out? You know, a lot of them have, but some of them don't. Right. Uh, you mentioned having the, the brand new head coach once again, but as you said, you know, it isn't an outside hire. It's no, it, yeah, it he was, was promoting. And now, of course, he was a new, new coach last year. <laughs> he was so, new I mean, last he's year. only one year in, but you know, we've had success in the past with Chip Kelly and Mark Helfridge. You know, uh, both offensive coordinators for the Ducks, whether it was one or two years, right, and then got promoted. You know, to well, head coach and having that kind of. Camarade, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say. Well, it's a continuity of, of, so now they're, they're not instilling a new offense like they did last year. Right. So you're not changing everything. And Oregon has been known for that, for, for having consistency. Yeah. So I was glad that they hired Cristobal and I'm glad that they kept most of the staff, you know, Jim Levitt and, and some of the others, Salavea and some of the other coaches, I think it's going to be very good for the program. I think it's, we'll be able to, to build on what they did last year. But we still haven't watched them. Right. We don't know the in-game adjustments that they are going to make. We don't know the play calling and how that's going to work. And that's the factor which is going to be very, very fun and interesting uh, to see how that plays out. Right. And, you know, again, the 49ers, we got uh, Garoppolo last year, our quarterback. Last five games? Yeah, we won our last five games. Well, that's how long we had him for, right? Well, no, he was with the team for about 10 games, but he didn't play right away. Right, okay. Once he started, they started winning. Yeah. So, you know, that's exciting with the 49ers. Of course, the Yankees have kind of stumbled a little bit to start with, and then they've won 17 out of 18. Yeah, they had a hitting slump at the beginning. Yeah. And Boston jumped out, and and they were 17-2. and Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they started playing 500 ball, and then the Yankees couldn't lose. Right. So now they're tied with the best record in baseball. Which uh, for such a by young far between team. Boston and and New York, so it's going to be an amazing year in the American League East. Yeah. So yeah, I mean we've got uh, you know basketball winding down. Kind of who cares as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, the NBA Finals. We're going to end up with Cleveland and Golden State again. And uh, maybe if, if they could just both lose, it would be wonderful. It's it's possible. I mean the Celtics handled the Cavs. Now I'm not saying they're going to be able to do it. Celtics have home court advantage, so they were you know in Boston. But I, I honestly feel that Brad Stevens and that crew could pull an upset with that. Now, I don't think that they have a chance against either of the, the West Coast teams. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that series is going to be interesting. But I, I, I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see the, the emotions, you know, and, and just kind of like I, how chippy it gets between the Rockets and Golden State. Because I feel both teams have some whiners. Now, one thing I will say is that when Golden State's on, they do play some beautiful basketball. They have their ball movement and their ability to to just trust each other and rely on each other and just, you know, continue to to move um, and make the right play. 
is is what makes sets them apart from the other teams. Yeah. You know, even Houston, who plays more isolation one on one basketball, you know, is trying to beat you with only a couple of players. So I I think that Golden State has the edge. I think that they're they're fun to watch at times, but again, it just it's all overlooked or it's all that's all overlooked because of or overshadowed by the the drama and the aggressiveness sometimes and even the, the social media of everything or just the media itself can, yeah. can blind just the game and the beauty of it and, and, and what it is. You know, I can still watch a lot of sports when my teams aren't playing uh, and, and enjoy it. I can yeah. still watch, you know, the NFL playoffs. I can watch, you know, even the NHL stuff and, you know, baseball. But the NBA is just difficult for me to watch. If my team isn't in it, I really don't care that much about these other guys. I, I think that they're just, they're entitled, rich, whining babies. Yes. I, you know, was talking to a couple people today about the fact that, you know, they're like, well, who do you want to win the finals? Who do you want to win, you know, the NBA game uh, games? And I personally, you know, feel that it's because I you know, whenever you do something yourself, you can totally appreciate what is being done. You know, the, the, how, how difficult it can truly be to, to do such a thing. If anyone watches LeBron James go and spin and then dunk, it's like, Oh my God, that's awesome. But you know, if me watching it and seeing him do that, I just, my jaw drops to the floor and I'm just like, can't do that. I've I've done it before. I just, it's just, you're getting older. I'm, you know, for any of the listeners that can't, I'm trying to relate to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I get that. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 it, you know, you really truly appreciate the difficult artistry of the game um, and, and how they're able to, uh, to just do what they do. Um, and that, that to me is, is why I, you know, I do actually still enjoy, even if my team isn't in it to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, it's well, you know, represented on this podcast that you're much more of a basketball fan than I am. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I think that, uh, I think we've touched on the things we wanted to cover tonight. Yeah. You know, we've, we've talked about moving. Now we're here and we will be uh, putting out a podcast every week. Yeah. It will continue. We have uh, a lot of good plans, some fun things. We will revisit some of the things that we've done this last year. Yep. Bringing some people back for those specifically. And, and we also have some new ideas for some different topics. So should uh, be a fun one. Yeah. We're excited to be back. We're excited to, uh, to continue the, the quest for knowledge. Ooh. You know, the continue that sharing the Juby take. I love it. All right. Thanks, well, Adam. You did a great job, man. You're always, always right there. Glad to be back. Okay. And if you guys want, there's going to be more perspectives later. Tool of a progression When you can shop for spreading love But on the wealth obsession Money can't help you see the light In the end you can't buy yourself a Porsche When you're dead Well mama said that I don't gotta be Part of the world to truly love Pray for a difficult life To live and rise above it This is the time I'm at So let's be tasted So let's do everything we can Before I
so I can come and join their raid. We'll walk around this land with open hands, looking for change. We'll want to understand this progression we have at hand. Humanity is killing wheat, for this we will not stand. I say let's progress in good contest. Make conference, then love our best. Our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high. Crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines. Our love that makes no sense. We who spend love at no expense. We are a force of passion. Create a new faction. Taking action, working hard just for the satisfactions. With the abilities to shine so bright that others want to fight. Because our light is in their eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the skies Don't remain mystified by their lies And trust us, for we will teach you how to be true Teach you how to speak the truth, but we stand here And listen to you, no longer hinder For love is the spark, and we are its tinder We are the good ones, the good ones of today We're sending out a 